You're listening to Book Stories, a podcast about the business and culture of book selling in the 21st century. I'm your host, Vic Singh. Before we begin, if you like what we're doing, there are a couple of ways to help us out. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also support the show via Patreon. Finally, I'm excited to announce a cool partnership with Libro.fm. Libro.fm is the first audiobook company to directly support independent bookstores. They make it easy for you to listen to more audiobooks at a great price, all while knowing you're helping your community thrive. Learn how to get your first month for 99 cents at bookstories.show. This week, we're back in Los Angeles, home of La Libreria, an independent bookstore that specializes in imported children's books in Spanish. I was joined in the studio by Chiara Arroyo and Selene Navarrete. They teamed up to start La Libreria when they realized how few rich language Spanish-only children's books were circulating inside the school system. They're pioneers within the indie book community as they not only opened a bookstore, but a specialty one that's in Spanish. Like artisanal bakeries and pour-over-only coffee boutiques, this is an artisanal bookstore of sorts, with carefully curated children's titles from Spanish-speaking countries all over the world. Let's get to it. Here's their story. I'm Chiara Arroyo, co-owner of La Libreria in Los Angeles. I'm Selena Navarrete, co-owner of La Libreria in Los Angeles. Welcome, both of you. Thank you so much for being here in our studios. Say the name of the store for me one time, just so I, I can do the pronunciation justice. La Libreria. Or L.A. Librería, right. Los Angeles Librería. Is that, was that the obvious uh, sort of easy way to transition? Because I noticed that the L.A. is capitalized. Is that- yes, we wanted to do a kind of a joke, a, word of, a play of words, because La, it's at the article, the, the Librería. Not, right. And then L.A., we, you know, it's based in Los Angeles, so we thought, okay, La Librería. Yeah. And it's a bookstore. And as Kiera said, it's a word game because in Spanish, librería means, um, well, bookstore, but here library right. is biblioteca. Biblioteca. Right. Yeah. So many people get confused about it. They say, are you a, um, a library? And we are, well, we are a bookstore, but we you are welcome to Well, L.A. is the home of, of, your books. of titles with double entendres, two meanings. Right. So you get the benefit of that, you know, having both sides of it. Since you're both here with us today, which is so great, why don't we talk about how the, before we talk about the genesis of the store, how did the two of you meet? How did you guys come together to create this place in Los Angeles? Well, um, we met back in 2011 in our children's school in Santa Monica. It's a bilingual school. And our kids were together in the same classroom in um, kindergarten, right? So that's how we met, and that's how everything started. So you guys met at your kids' school, and what made you say, hey, we're together and our kids go to school together, let's open a bookstore? Where did the seed get planted, and then from there, how did it flower? So we were, I just moved to L.A. from Mexico, and uh, for me, the school was a place to socialize, and I remember the first time I saw Selene, she had a big belly. She was pregnant, almost due. And uh, so I didn't see her for a few months. I met uh, her husband first. And then after that, I met Selene, and we were both um, trying to sign 
as volunteers in the school, and we both decided to be part of the um, book fair committee, the school book fair committee. And then, um, so we were there, we, we, I think our company was uh, the one coming uh, no, to bring the, the books, and then we saw the books in Spanish, and we thought that the selection was a bit limited, and we were expecting other books, books that we were used to have at home, books that we used to buy in our own countries. I'm from Even Spain. in a place like Los Angeles, it was very limited. Yes. And we Which were, must have been surprising. Yes, exactly. We were disappointed, a bit even shocked, like, why these books, what, what this publisher, I mean, I know I, I came, I work in that field, so, and... Um, just coming from Mexico, say, well, this is not only about Spain, it's also about Mexico. Mexico, you know, it's a border country, so why it's so difficult to bring those books here? And so we said, that's not possible. We're going to do whatever it takes to change that selection for the next fair. And and so, I don't know, I, can, I, I don't remember exactly the moment, but Selene probably, you know, we look at each other and say, okay, let's go for it. Yeah. And that's the first step. Do you have a book background in in Spain? Did you work in publishing or do you come from this world? Well, I come from the world of paper. I've been journalist for um, over 10 years. And then in Mexico, I was editor, book editor. So yeah, not specifically, especially about children, I mean, specifically about children, but I used to organize um, fairs, book book fairs or forums about um, the book industry. So I met many independent publishers and I really love, always loved um, children's books, even before having children. And how about you, Selena? Um, I'm actually, I, I have a background on technology. I, I have a PhD in information technologies and a passion for books, particularly children's books. And as Kiera said, we were very disappointed, shocked with the limited offer of books in Spanish. Um, not only in Los Angeles, but also in our school, because uh, the school has a bilingual program. So it's Spanish-English. It's so an immersion school, It's right? an immersion, double immersion school. And obviously, as a parent there, you are expecting to see the same quality and the same variety of books that you see in English, but also for in Spanish, because you want that for your children, you know, that... And is this is this a public school or is it a yes. charter school? You can obviously speak to LA in particular because this is where you guys live. But are you noticing a huge deficit across the board, like uh, in terms of uh, availability of books and quality and content? Is that like a, a epidemic? I guess is is that the right word? Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, there is a very limited offer. And it's particularly interesting to see that, especially because in, you know, in the United States, uh, there are over 50 million of Latinos. And in just in Los Angeles area, we are talking about 5 million of people that speak Spanish. I read a statistic that about 61 or 62 percent of uh, Los Angeles's youth is Hispanic or has background. Can descend yeah, exactly. In, descends from Hispanic right, areas. Right. Wow. So, yeah, definitely there is a... A limited availability of uh, books from Latin America and Spain here, and it's it's kind of sad because the world of literature for children, children's literature is it's huge. It's yeah. fascinating. Well, that's where it starts too, right? Right. So do not do, do not see that type of books here. Definitely, is it's something that you know 
deserves a discussion about it. Why we cannot find them here? What's happening? What's going on? Are the publishers or the distributors of these books partially to blame? Is that, or is it mostly? And I guess let me ref, let me let me go back a little bit. So. Unlike traditional indie bookstores and the bookstores that I've talked to in this series where you, they generally buy from uh, distributors like Ingram, where do you find your content? How do you stock your store? Can you pull back the curtain and tell me a little bit about that process? Of course. So we travel. We decided to import ourselves the books because we couldn't find what we wanted. There's no American distributor that no, carries these titles. Th- no, no, not there are. A f- well, there are some of the publishers we carry nowadays are distributed f- by other American, you know, United States um, pub- um, distributors, but many are are not. And actually, the ones that are for us culturally relevant, in terms of art, in terms of the languages used, in terms of stories, the characters. So, um, so we decided and. Even in some of the publishers are distributed by these American big distribution companies, maybe the selections they have or the t- the titles we want are not the ones we can find here in the US. So and you have this you've made this distinction between rich language and translations. Yes. Is that what the issue is? They stock mostly translated titles and you want more holistic? Yes. Options? Well, well, yeah. Am I wording that correctly? What I I think it happens is there is a lack of information, so people really don't know. Some of the people that are actually selecting the books don't even know the language. So I think it's difficult for them to choose. It would happen the same to me, no? It's difficult for them to choose exactly what it needs to be and also what it's the market out there, so the the quantity of books that are available is huge. So to keep up with what is happening in Argentina, in Mexico, in Guatemala, in Ecuador, in Spain, in Chile, in it takes a village. And if you don't know which magazines to read, what, I don't know, who to follow, or you don't have the opportunity to travel to, I don't know, Guadalajara, which um, there happens the biggest uh, fair uh, for professionals and public too in Spanish language, is it very difficult to select. And because what we do is we curate. Right. So we actually have a very specific criteria regarding which book should be included under La Libreria. What is the criteria? Well, we want the books to be, as I said before, culturally relevant. They need to reflect the richness of these Spanish-speaking countries. So in terms of also language, because Spanish is spoken in different, no? In Many different over countries. 20, 20 countries, and every country has its own... Dialect. Diale- well, dialect, it's, it's terms. You right. know, it's the richness of the language, like English, no? There are expressions in England or in Australia that are similar to here in the U.S. And then the characters, you have the tradition, the poetry, the folk, the oral traditions that is written, no? the stories that are different in every country. Some are common, even the, I don't know, the... Um, the lullabies maybe are the same ones, but are sung, sung in, the, in a different way, or some of the words are different, or the rhythm is different. And since the United States is the country with uh, the most diverse Spanish language spoken and, and written, because here we have many Latinos from all over, I think it's important that, that us serve in that community 
No, we have a, a, a collection of books that reflect that richness and we celebrate that richness instead of saying, oh, no, no, this is from Spain. No, that's not. Or no, no, this is, we want, no, this is from Mexico. No, the, the mother language is, the mother language is the Spanish one. No, this is, no, this, we have to celebrate and actually share what we have learned, share the, those books to every, every, every person who is interested Latin, I mean, with us, Hispanic heritage or not. No, because there are also many uh, English speakers that want their children to be bilingual. So, so the travel is part of the business. Um, approximately how many countries do you go to and how often do you go to get inventory? Of course, at the beginning, we had to set up the relationship. Yeah. So we travel more often. Also, we, are, we were more free. We had less to do. Yeah, now yeah. That now we yeah. are expanding. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it, and we also know already, you know, when you get to know the collection, then you have to check only the new titles. You don't yeah. have to check, no, 100 titles, maybe it's, I don't know, 20, 25. It's less work. But certainly Spain... You go we to? go to Spain. We went to to Mexico. We went to Guatemala. We went to Argentina. Colombia. Colombia. And within mm. South America, South America has several countries. Is there one country that is kind of a voice for all of them, if that makes any sense? Or are they are they pretty pretty regionalized and specific? No, there is not one that is a voice, but there are countries where the publishing business is stronger yeah. than others. So Central America, just a few countries have some publish, oh, some local publishing companies. Some others, they don't even produce. and uh, Or maybe they do, like Cuba, Cuba, they do, but the quality is not as good to be imported or is it difficult to... Venezuela, for instance, had a huge program for literacy and Literature for children have this Banco del, del Libro, which is huge. But uh, now with the situation, it's very difficult to export their books. So um, it's, it's, it's strong in many countries. And, uh, and I think that's in, in the last, I would say, 10 years, it has exploded. So many more independent publishing companies started. There is a, I don't know. It's a boom. Yeah, there is a there little, is a boom little right bit now. of a literary and cultural book culture boom happening, and that's part of the essence of this whole thing. That the prognosticators and all of the economics people have been saying that bookstores are dying and and nobody's reading print anymore. But bookstores are opening across the country and across the world. And one of the unique things about you is that you're not only a bookstore, but you're a specialty bookstore. So you sell just one kind of thing, uh, books for children, and in uh, in Spanish only, right? You, have, you carry no English titles? or We have a, a few, few ti bilingual titles, okay. uh, but we have specialized in children's books in Spanish. So we have a few English, Spanish books where the words are in English on top and then like the cat in the hat <laughs> and, you know, like just the tr like traditional classic ones. And it's so neat that, that what you're doing is you're sort of saying, no, wait, there's, you can do better. You know, there's more books than just a few handful of the, the well-known usual suspects. Are there other Spanish children's specialty bookstores across the country, or are you guys one of the first ones? Is this... We are actually the only one. The only one. Specialized in, in Amazing. children's books um, I just talked to the country's first and only romance-only bookstore. They're in Culver City. Oh, yeah. It's called The Ripped Bodice. It's so interesting that Los Angeles is a place where these one-of-a-kind stores are opening and that it's so curious to me that there is there is a demand across the country for children to be bilingual because it's an increasingly competitive marketplace. That's the sort of 
the clinical reason, but it's also for like a richness of culture and diversity. And, you know, you, like you mentioned, America is a melting pot, but there's not a lot of options. And do you think that more bookstores like yours are going to open or have people come to you to talk about doing something similar in their cities or their neck of the woods? Has that become a bit of a thing? Yeah, yeah. We we have people that has talked to us that they are interested in actually here in Los Angeles um, in opening books similar to ours. Even more sp- like sub-specific, like an Argentinian Spanish only bookstore. Is that is no. that is that too niche? No, that's too niche. Okay. But what we can tell you because we also do book fairs in schools is that. Um, there is a, a a big effort from parents that speak another languages like German, uh, Italian, French, that are also bringing books from those languages into their schools. So there is a school in Glendale that actually offers a multicultural book fair where you can find books of this type there. It's very amazing to see the book fair because you can find um, yeah, the books that you read when with, that Kera read in Italian when she was little. You can see books in Spanish, in English. I mean, it's, it's really a celebration of children's books there. In terms of the economics of getting imported books, are the books more expensive as a result? Usually when you think imports, you think pricier. Is that a bit of an issue for you guys or pain point? Yes, because here in the U.S., people are used to I don't know exactly how the price is marked, but um, I think they're cheaper, maybe because they are used to paperback, especially in the school book fairs. So they're used to pay less than $10 sometimes for a paperback book versus um, what is published in Latin America and Spain, usually are hardcovers. So we don't have a big tradition on paperbacks. That's first. And then, of course, the import cost increases the price. We try to be very um, fair, very fair, and even if it at our cost, at our business cost. Right. But we want the the, the books to be available because because also we we saw that uh, there was some I don't know we yeah there was some unfairness regarding the price. So there were some books were marked. Very high, maybe also because getting into the market, into the industry here in the U.S., the distributor asks for 50% discount, so makes a, a smaller distributor or the ones who import, no, they need to mark up the books in yeah. order to make money otherwise. So it's, it's, it's difficult also to, um, how do you say, it? so we become a bridge between not only between different cultures or different languages, but also between different ways of publishing and industries. In the traditional model here, many booksellers can send back the books that don't sell. Is that option available to you guys? It will be. I mean, for it's available, but definitely the cost of sending back those books doesn't work. It's cost prohibitive. Exactly, exactly. That's why we don't do it. I mean, the the publishers we work with are very open to do that. But, you know, we cannot afford it. It's on your dime. Exactly. Yeah, we cover the cost of import and whatever is sent back to. That makes sense. And the other thing that I wanted to add related to the cost of books, obviously the transportation cost, the freight cost is a big issue. Um, Obviously, we need also to deal with... um, the customs, with customs and all the, well, now with the... Um, NAFTA? NAFTA. <laughs> the <right>? trade. <laughs> so we don't know what is going to happen with that. So that definitely is something that can impact our 
In our, a bad way. In yes. a bad way, definitely, because right, right now we don't, we don't pay for importing the books. There is not a tax imposed on, on the books that are imported. So, but, you know, if we don't... If there is, it would just be Right, so especially because the books... The margins are so exactly. small. Exactly. And the other thing that I, I wanted to mention, and, well, that is part of our job, but, you know, work with publishers in other countries and to bring the books here for the U.S. market... You know, we have to deal with these cultural differences where sometimes, you know, we need a specific amount of copies of a publisher by next month. And because we have to deliver that to a school and they are expecting to receive that, you know, and for some reasons, either customs or the the publisher didn't have the, the copies that we needed. I mean... To deal with all, with all these issues, you know, the labor, labor implications of, of doing that is also, it adds um, to the cost of our books. Sure. You know, obviously that is our job, and but uh, I mean, it's something that uh, it's important to consider. So but in, yeah, but if you compare, so just to be fair, to, to, if you compare a new title, new release uh, in, in English, published in the United States, hardcover, is the same price of uh, mm-hmm. imported books we have. Gotcha. So that's, that, okay. that's so how a, fit it is. There is a little bit of right. a level playing field with respect yes. to new titles. Paperbacks maybe, of course, are not uh, comparable because ours will be a bit more uh, expensive, but not... Uh, so maybe I don't know a couple of dollars more, but I don't know, or a dollar right. more, but it's not. Do you buy from the backlist a lot, or is is there a constant refresh of new titles? Like, no. is the market is the Latin market strong in the world? Like, are they constantly releasing yeah. new stuff? Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we and we try to be to yeah to have the new releases to right. fulfill that appetite for new books, for new titles, for the new no the new title from that kids, particular. Kids love new. Kids yes. love the or adventure. the series. If you know, you fall in love with a chapter. I mean, series a one, a character right. you want to read, yeah. and the following. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is that what what we want is that kids here in the United States read the same books that kids in other countries are reading. Yeah. So for us, it's very important to have new releases because we know those are very popular or are going to be very popular in our countries. So therefore, we want to have them available sure. here. And because many kids also, you know, they hear from others about some titles that they saw. I don't know, in Spain or South America. Yeah. Or movies, you know, that are based on a book. So we we try to to bring um See, we won't so it's, if, if you come to La Libreria, you won't see the backlist of the publishings that nobody's buying or nobody's selling. No, no, no. You'll see the same amount of new titles right. and the quality books you'll find, or even better, probably. <laughs> No, not because because the selection, you know. Usually, if you go to a, a bookstore in Mexico, you'll find probably publishing from Mexico. If you go to what in Argentina, you'll find there are very few. Even Spain, you have very few bookstores that actually bring books from all mm-hmm. over the Spanish speaking countries. Yeah, no, I've, right. I've never heard that. It's so and, neat. Yeah. California is about to have an election. In general, the business climate for your type of business, is California net positive, net neutral, or net negative? Like in terms of tariffs, in terms of import-export business, are there any things that you would like to see changed? Is there anything that could make this more streamlined for somebody that wants to start uh, La Libreria someplace else? 
I think it's positive so far because the need is huge. Okay. The population, no, it's uh, it's growing. It's growing. So you haven't been burdened by regulatory stuff. Um, no, no, I think the burden comes more from um, a feeling of well, loneliness. I don't know if that's the word, but uh, since there are no many, first of all, many of the authors don't live in the United States. So promoting a book. That was one of it's my questions. Very, yeah, yeah. It, that's very difficult. Then, when you need the help of big publishing companies, um, no, because usually um, bookstores, no, they 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 send, they, they invite, no, the authors in a tour, right? And say, okay, I'm available. I want that. I don't know that author to come to our store and present the the new book. We are not part of the that circuit because usually the authors are not. <laughs> they don't live here. They don't live here, or if they do, sometimes, I don't know, they, they focus on the English book, even if there is a Spanish translation. So we are also cut out of that. And then we, and that's a feeling I have, maybe I'm wrong, and I wish someone proves me wrong, but on the East Coast, there are, oh, the big headquarters are there, I don't know, uh, in, in book industry-wise, it's, 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 it's more East Coast, I would say, yeah. or Central East than West. Or maybe San Francisco could be a niche, but it's far, it's not, you know? Yeah. And when we talk about regulations, maybe I think it's important to talk about the proposition, the 58 proposition that passed uh, two years ago in 2016, which basically left the, the restriction on bilingual education. So that definitely is something good for our business, you know. Yeah. And what we have noticed in the last six years to working with um, the education market uh, particularly with our book fairs in schools, is that we have seen and um, the you know the interest in bilingual education has increased um, enormously. I mean, um, more and more parents are interested in bilingual education, and that in some way uh, is also um, encouraging. Uh, uh, school districts and in general, you know, the education system to to create programs that, that support that particular goal for these families, you know. So you have, on one side, you have a customer that's like a traditional retail customer that comes and buys from you, but then you also sell to school districts yes. and schools? Yes. How does that work? And who are the other buyers in the, I guess, at the institutional level? What kinds of institutions are in the market for this type of product? Well, besides schools and school districts, we have um, public libraries, or school libraries, sometimes no, the, the budget is different. And we have also non-profits, um, some other small bookstores that want their books to be... Uh, yeah, they, they like our selection and they don't want to deal with importing books from different countries. So you'll, so be, they, the, you will, you'll yes. be their distributor? Yes. So you guys are like a micro-distributor in a certain way? Yes, yeah. we okay. are, yes. Um, and is that business, LAUSD in particular, is it healthy? Like, is it going to be a situation where, in your opinion, the kinds of books you want to see in your store and the kinds of books that you want to see in the hands of children, will it become pervasive? Or are there some roadblocks that you guys have to overcome first? Mm, well, once, I think for big school districts like LSUSD, which is one of the biggest in the country, of course, they need to see that the company they work with is uh, reliable. Right. You know? So we work with them among other, even out-state, big school districts. And for us, this is one of the 
yeah, the, the work we like the most because we it doesn't it's not on the family's budget to have a good book or a quality book, but it's actually on the school budget institutions. So actually knowing that we are providing the best quality books in Spanish not translations or even if there are translations in there are good translations and with this diversity of characters diversity of art diversity of language to in the classroom libraries even as a mentor text or the books that they have to read for the summer or for during the year just not to learn about that unit this is very um, rewarding rewarding for us because we actually develop those collections for the school districts Fantastic. You mentioned a few minutes ago that you don't have you don't get to have the traditional types of events that bookstores do, which is author hosted events. So what are some ways that you guys drive traffic to your store? What kinds of events do you have and how do you approach programming? Well, some of the key drivers are um, workshops. So what kind of workshops? uh, We have done. Paper mache workshop. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So kid centric. Yes. Yeah. Kid centric, and all the workshops that we do are related to to our books. Okay. So it's a um, we will have a theater workshop coming. Um, Zine. The zine workshop also is coming. Uh, poetry one. So those are one of the key drivers, but also, you know, when we have, when we hear one of the authors of our books or illustrators are going to make a stop in the, in the, in LAX or in Los Angeles, we invite them to come to the store. So we have to make magic to bring people, particularly writers uh, to the stores. So we, we tell the publishers and some authors, if you stop in LA, please let us know because we would love to have you there. So we also have concerts. We have had a couple of concerts there. Um, there are musicians in Los Angeles that basically support um, and they're being very generous uh, with us. So they support what we do and they've been at the store playing their music. Well, because they do pl- they play bilingual music. Bilingual so music. Yeah. So it's related yeah. with... Um, yeah, and, and all of our events are actually bilingual. That's also important for the people that comes to the store. They want to find bilingual activities for their children. And if those are re- related to, to books, it's even much, much of better. Yeah. yeah. The bilingual, especially if you're not in a bilingual house, but you want your kids to have bilingual experiences as much as possible, this is what place where they can come and do that. Right. And, exactly. and it lets the parent turn their brain off for a minute and say, okay, they're getting the bilingual experience. Exactly. <laughs> so you have a technology background. Are broadcasting these events, social media, is that something that you're thinking about like long term in terms of becoming not necessarily, I don't want to throw the word around just because we're in Los Angeles, but sort of like a media sort of experience. Is that on your radar or Yes, definitely is. And yeah, we are working on that. Um, There is a huge need for that. And I'm going to tell you why. Well, Kiara actually mentioned the need for for having authors, you know, in the store. And it's hard to, to have them here because they don't live here. But what we are thinking is that we are going to do some um, uh, presentations of the authors from, you know, using technology a video conference, for example, so they can talk about their books. 
to children here in the United States. And you can broadcast that right. to large audiences. Right, so yeah. we are working on that. Um, we also have, well, maybe in the future we are considering to have our events live. We have actually had some requests from from people, from customers to, to see the workshops in Facebook or you know, on other platforms. So they can also be part of that. And, the you know, another events that we have also organized with other organizations, like the last participation in the LA Times Book Festival that we curated the the children's stage, um, you know, the program for the children's stage. We had also requests from many people. Could you please put that in Facebook or live? Because we want to be part of that. We want to see... Um, what you are bringing to to these type of events. Yeah, there's a a lot of bookstores are kind of on the fence about, well, if I put all my content out there, how many people is that actually going to bring to my store? Which is fine, which is a really logical point of view. But but the other point of view, the optimist's point of view, is that it's an opportunity to be top of mind for somebody. You know, somebody happens to see what you're doing in, let's say, New York, and they know somebody who's in L.A. or they know somebody who's flying out to L.A., you have an opportunity for that person to be kind of your sales salesperson. Right. You know, yes. oh, there's this great store that they're doing this stuff. Go check them out. So, but you have to kind of yeah. have your mind wrapped but, around that. And I can that. tell you, you know, even if these people do not live here, they tell their friends and their family about the Ley Libreria. And I can tell you many times at the store, we have people visiting from other states and they tell us, oh, we heard about you because my mom, my sister, et cetera, et cetera. So they came to the store because somebody else in another state recommended the bookstore to them. Yeah, we have a family that comes from Australia every summer. Yeah. And they stop by. From Hawaii. Yeah, Yeah. so it's uh, from even outside the outside the U.S. So yeah. it's a destination store for sure. Yeah. No, it's like we talked about off mic. Like I go, when I go places, I find the bookstore in town and then you remember it, you know, and, and you make a point to go back. Um, do you think there's more room in the marketplace for specialty bookstores? Are specialty bookstores going to become more of a thing? Or is it still sort of a complicated competitive landscape? I think what well, which I've, I have seen is that specialty bookstores do better than um, a general bookstore. You can have a smaller footprint. Yes, that's one. And then also because what you are looking for, maybe you don't know, you need a recommendation from a librarian and you cannot replicate the Amazon experience. <laughs> there are, uh, And then there is this, I don't know, when you get into the... Um, into a store, you are open to new, to find out things that you weren't expecting. Versus Amazon, you are the one active looking for. Right, you're going with a purpose versus discovery. Discovery, exactly. So the discovery experience, as you call it, I think happens in a bookstore where you are looking for a particular author and maybe you uh, leave the store with three different titles, not from that author, but a different one. So it's... um, there are very few places where actually the books are nowadays being showcases. Where do you see the books you want? How are you going to touch them? How are you going to see the cover? For me, I don't know. I, I'll go for the cover. Then I read the back. But if the cover doesn't tell me anything, probably I won't pick it up. So um, that's why I think, and and um, and you want to share also, no? especially in a city with, in like Los Angeles, it's so huge. Where, where are you going to share what you like, the last no, reading you had, uh, your last discovery, or what is good for your children, or what it worked? So some, many times, La Libreria, it's a 
punto de encuentro, as we said in Spanish, is a, a place where people meet, a meeting, a meeting point for many families that want to share not only about literacy, but bilingual, about uh, raising children in a multicultural environment. So this is definitely a place that you can find. I mean, bookstores are, um, are playing that role. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And especially from a kid's standpoint, what is more fun than discovering? Like, I have a son, I take him shopping, and even when we're at the library and he just pulling a book out and like looking to see what it's going to be is a discovery. You don't get that experience online. And kids naturally want to have sort of this treasure hunt experience. Yes. So is that something most, right. you guys must be thinking about, you know, providing in terms of they come in, they look, they, their mind goes, right. they connect this dot to that dot. And, and as a parent, that's what you want. And as a store, and that's what the experience is all about, providing that uh, yeah, moment, I, those moments of... And I can tell you, for example, for La Libreria, there is so much to discover because you cannot find our books in Amazon or in other places. So, you know, kids are used to see some specific illustrations in children's books. They are familiar with, um, you know, the English, with, with books in English, the illustrations, they are from that particular type of book. But when they, when they come to the store and see our books, all the illustrations are completely different. They are not related in, to, to what they are used to see. So there are so much to discover in our collection in that sense. Many bookstores that are opening are are deciding to open second and third locations. Are you thinking about that or are you focusing in the present right now? We are definitely considering that. Um, Within Los Angeles or in another city in California? Uh, we don't, no, no, maybe outside of California. Outside of California. Yeah, we have already here La Libreria, the bookstore in Mid-City. But yeah, that is in our in our plan, you know, for... In the so that's a good sign then? That's a, yes. That, that yes. things are trending upward? That's yeah. the essence of the question. Yeah, is, uh, although Los Angeles, we think, is, is such a big, big city that if it's like uh, you should have a brand, I mean, a, a location for every neighborhood somehow. Yeah, an east side branch and a... I don't you know, know, because it's very big and, and, and uh, there are many people that we don't, don't know La Libreria yet yeah. and we think they'd be interested. But, uh, You're kind of in a nice sweet spot, though, location-wise, because people can come to you from the north, south, east, and west. Yes, and, you know it's central. Lo- That's Los why Angeles. we we pick that, that location. Yeah, you can get you can yes. you can draw crowds from all angles. Right. Yeah, um, we have people coming from Long Beach, from Redondo, sure. from make a tri- all over. They make a day trip yeah. out of it. Kids, and, it's a yeah. way for you to get in the car with your kids and go do something. And so it's a even nice... from from Fresno, and we have a very nice story to share. Um, in our one of our last workshops, it was the the Cesar Chavez book workshop, uh, a paper mache paper mache workshop. We had a family coming from Fresno, and they planned the trip around visiting La Libreria. Wow. So they said, we are going to go to the workshop and we are going to spend a couple of hours browsing the books, carrying our books, and do a couple of things more in L.A. But everything was planned around the visit to La Libreria. So we were very happy when they shared that experience. It's one of those customer us. testimonials yes. that you just want to put up on your wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on your we were like, wow, and... you made the trip from Fresno. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So it's, it shows you, it's another indicator that if you are able to get your message out 
to a bigger audience, things like that, serendipitous things like that would have exactly. happened. What advice do you have for people that want to open a bookstore today? Some younger, aspirational person comes to you and says, I want to do this. What, what are a couple of things, little pieces of advice you would give them? Do it. That's the first. <laughs> <laughs> do it. And I think he needs to be really passionate about it because it takes um, a lot of effort. And uh, so if your own, only goal would be making money. Um, I mean, you're going to make it, but not, but you need, it's not only about money. It's, it's, I think it's about sharing your passion. It's about engaging younger children or adults into reading. It's about meeting amazing people. I don't know. It's sort of a lifestyle somehow too. Yeah. What I have, um, I will tell to people who are interested in that. Obviously, one of the main um the main parts of the success of a bookstore is uh, how, much, how much effort and time you, you put in building a community. And what I will say, don't just stay at the bookstore. Go out and participate in festivals, in different events around the city, so you can actually share with uh, people what you are doing, that they learn about the work that you do, about your books, and they will come to the store. If they like what you do, definitely you will have that people browsing the books at the store. I think, you know, because of the, the you know, the, the because Los Angeles is a huge city, it's a big city, and you always have to take your car to go to a place. You know, it's important that you, as a book, as a book owner, sorry, bookstore owner, go out and, and promote. Your, take the store to them. Exactly. Yeah. And, they will drive to the store definitely. To, Do you to have see. a mobile bookstore? Is that a there's a mobile bookstore in Los Angeles called Twenty Stories? They carry twenty titles and they drive around all over town. And a couple of other stores. And there's a store in Nashville, Parnassus Books. They have a bookmobile. It feels like a perfect thing for Los Angeles. Are you guys? Is that something that you're thinking about? Or we, we don't have a we don't uh, have mobile. No. We through our book fairs, yeah. school book fairs, we somehow organize this. Mm-hmm. These, uh, like, so that's small librarians. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, that's in school, but we have done um, several pop-ups. Okay. So La Libreria, I know, it's, no, it has right now a pop-up at ICLA. It will have one at the last bookstore. It's coming it's this coming summer. Oh, cool. summer. So I talked we are, to them yes. two yeah. weeks okay. ago. So, that, yeah, it's not just, you know, selling their books at the bookstore, but definitely you need to go out. There are many street festivals yeah. that people attend, and uh, you have to be there. I think... You know, the, 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 if you show your collection, um, that's important for them. And if you share your passion, too, I think that is contagious. When they see you that you are in love with your books, oh, sure. they will definitely. Every bookseller that I've talked to so far, uh, they, one of the favorite things they say about what they do is that they get to have a conversation with one person about one thing and then a conversation with another person about something completely different and booksellers in general just have this range of knowledge right. you know and you get kind of get this uh, even though you're doing a transaction you also can get like a little bit of mm-hmm. uh, cultural daily dose of culture right. yes. well I think that's a uh, good, good an important point because I think you need to know that you are selling books so you need to know what you're selling it's not like okay mm-hmm. tomatoes right. apples you just, no you need to know what the, what, what it's the book about who is the author who might be a good re- exactly. a, a right. person to read this exactly. book exactly yeah. and I think you know even if if somebody's considering to open a bookstore and they don't want to put the money yet to to rent a space uh, they can just 
participate in the festivals and see the response from people. You started that way, right? You started just getting books and then just selling out of them. Right. And that's how this idea, well, let's let's formalize right. it, happened, right? Yeah. So you tested the marketplace and you validated your right. business model and then boom. Yeah, we built our community participating yeah. in... Before you had a storefront. Exactly. Yes. So we didn't want to give that a step before having this community of people... Um, yeah. Then people outside Los Angeles wanted to see the book, so we said, okay, let's launch the online store. Then we needed more space for the store. I mean, for the to stock the, the inventory. books. Yeah. For the inventory, and, uh, and then we found this this place that could work also as a as a bookstore, and then uh, we opened yeah. the bookstore. But it was everything very organic. Yeah. Is there anything that you know now that you wished you knew at the beginning? Like a pearl of wisdom or something? Oh, that's a good question. How how much weight? <laughs> how heavy the books are? No. Yeah. Um, well, that's Let's one. See. But um, maybe the inventory system, no? This is management. More, yeah, the management inventory. Because uh, we change, no? The system a couple of times, and and we lost that information. So, so at the beginning you don't keep track of everything you do, and that information, that data yeah. you collect, I think it's important to to see how it develops, how it, right. how yeah. it grows, how or, you can learn yeah, from exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, I think it has to do basically with the operational, with the operation challenges. Efficiency. For, yeah, efficiency. Yeah. And, yeah, but you learn as you go. Exactly. Yeah. Especially because we are growing, you know, and when you think that. You have all the all the systems and working perfectly at some specific level. You notice that no, you are growing a little bit more, and then you need to add another thing to to your technology stack. Um, exactly. Yeah. So that has been something that we are been dealing with, and yeah, we knew that we will be here, you know, with a bookstore, with book fairs, and working with um, the education industry, you know, maybe it will be easier to, yeah, to set up although, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Although I yeah, I must say that Selena was very aware of that much more than I did. And I think that's having a partner like this. It's, that's so, it's, I was just it's, thinking it's, it's nice great. to not be alone. <laughs> yes. Very, it's very, very, don't, very, it's very nice. hard to start a business <laughs> and it's much easier if you have a yeah. pillow to land on yes. and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. I think um, this is key for our, the success of La Libreria is because we are and we are a complementary. And especially if one of you has a bad day, you, you know, or yes, you're, you're yeah, doubtful, you, sure. you need you need that therapy. Yes. Right. You know, um, I know a lot of people that do are do things alone, and it's not it's much easier. I always yeah. say, like, have you considered a partner? Have you considered like a like a coach or something? Right. Because we and need especially that. in this Con- industry, in yeah. this industry that you have to carry a lot of boxes and yeah. you are tired all the time, and then yeah. you still need to do deal with accounting, with operations in general. So yeah, it's and very day, important to every have. Every day something little happens, even like a like a weird, awkward customer encounter. You know, yeah. I don't know how. I feel like in a in a kids bookstore, you'd be a little immune from that. But I'm sure you guys have had <laughs> oh, your no. cast of characters <laughs> that have come in there. Um, it's not like you're selling coffee to the masses. So, no. but yeah, you have to deal with things on a daily basis, and having a partner neutralizes a lot of the mm-hmm. stress. I'm gonna finish up with a lightning round. So I'm gonna ask like a bunch of questions that can be yes, no. But if you have like a thought that you 
you'd like to riff on, you can do that as well. You mentioned Amazon, so you didn't make me the bad guy. So I'm just going to ask a quick question about that. In your particular niche, is it something, or, or is Amazon something that you're concerned about or that you think about on a daily basis, or are you somewhat immune from the effects that they have on a lot of other like generalist stores? Mm, I think about it, but I'm not uh, frozen by them. So they exist. Yeah. We try to, we use Amazon too. <laughs> yeah, everybody, yeah. yeah. So, and sometimes it helps us know how the market is going or yeah. how, who, 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 which books or who is selling what. But it's, we are not frozen. I think there is, uh, um, it has impact, of course, in, in, in bookstores. And in, in, we have seen that. So we see people, customers that come in, see the books, and in front of our faces, just showrooming. Yeah. Showrooming. I yeah. mean, they check on Amazon and then they will select the ones that are at <laughs> what they buy because many of our books are not in Amazon. But um, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it's a tool. It's okay. there, but it's there, but it's but not. It's la vie. Is there a Spanish equivalent of c'est la vie? Es la vie. No, I don't know. I don't. Es I la don't vida. Know. No. Es lo que hay. Es lo que, es lo que hay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely are not immune to that. But I will tell you something. I know they are the bad guys. But if one day they carry tons of books in Spanish, I will be very happy because that means that millions of kids will have access to books in Spanish, and. Spanish will be, the Spanish language will be mainstream. That's a very positive outlook. Another question that I ask is, overall, have they created a net positive or net negative on book culture? And the younger generation, there's an argument to be made, and I'm not advocating either side, I'm just talking, right? That they have created a bigger customer base of book buyers, that otherwise wouldn't have ever gone into a bookstore. Just the availability of books, and that speaks to your point. And nobody has a, has agreed that, yeah, because of them, more people are coming into our stores. But your point is something that I like very much, that the propagation of books in general universally is a good thing. Right. And I can tell you, particularly from books in Spanish, I I think if that happens one, one day, it means that our community is finally acknowledged, yeah. right? That... Spanish, the Spanish language is mainstream. Books in Spanish are mainstream. And obviously, from the business perspective, well, you know, I don't think Amazon and a bookstore is the same thing. We'll partner with them. We, <laughs> exactly. Well, you coexist with them. Exactly. You're in the same ecosystem. And in every solar system, there's a Jupiter. Right. And in every solar system, there's a Mars. You know, yeah. so They only can build virtual communities, and I don't know how good they are. Maybe they are... You know, their system recommends books, but that's it. Yeah. You don't have that personal interaction. Exactly. A community that actually share all their information than the thing that, that, than the information that you find in books. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I know they are the bad guy and, but definitely for, for our business, it wouldn't impact. I mean, we will be, you know, doing what bookstores in English do nowadays to survive. Mm -hmm. The same thing. Yeah. You know? Are there any, I was wondering this when I was developing questions for you, um, are there any native Spanish books that have been hugely popular as English translations? So I mentioned The Cat in the Hat is a hugely popular English book, but the Spanish translation sells well. But are there any books that originated in a Spanish country that are here now that are wildly popular? Mm, no, as, Unfortunately, not as the no. numbers of, uh, I don't know, Wimpy Kid mm. or something like that. Or like... Like no. where the wild things are, not that type in, of not thing. in, not in the U.S. No. Okay, no, 
And that's very unfortunate. Well, that's also an opportunity. <laughs> I, I'm hearing an opportunity for you to bring more of those, like the, the where the wild things are of the Spanish universe to the United States. Um, well, there are um, there are some publishers we know that are actually translating, so publishing the book in Spanish, written by a na- native Spanish speaker, but they're also publishing the version in English, not as a bilingual book, but separately. And they're doing pretty, pretty well. I think U.S. is a market that... Um, doesn't it's not very diverse generally contrary to what people think yeah yes yeah so you get probably books from england but you don't get many books translated from other countries even unless even there's a special English. interest behind yes. it wanting that but otherwise to you come read in. yeah you don't read yeah it's it's sad even in the adult market i'm not talking yeah. only about the children's one sure sure yeah um what does your business look like in five years um, I hope we open another Locations. another La Libreria in a different location. I think people we keep up with the quality, um, and we have um, a bigger budget, or we 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 are able to partner with uh, different entities, institutions. Mm-hmm. I don't know other um, other partners that can help us bring promote. Promote reading through the authors, celebrate the language, the children's literature. That's our no. Yeah, programming. So we are we. That's for us very important to celebrate in a multidisciplinary way the literature. Are there any writers or illustrators out there that you'd like to mention that you think should be getting more attention? Ooh. There's an opportunity to shine a light on some creative voice. Well, we just had an author, Sergio Andricain. It's a Cuban, Miami-based author that writes for um, for children's. And uh, he has a, uh, a book I really like. It's La Noche Mas Noche. I don't know, The Darkest Night somehow will be translated. This is one. Um, we like very much Isol, which is an Argentinian yeah. A very well-known author, but not as known here in the U.S. We had uh, also the the illustrator of Migrar, um, yeah, uh, Pablo uh, Martinez, Pedro Martinez. He made he he Javier he, Javier, Mar- Javier Pedro Martinez. He makes a beautiful um, work. He actually illustrates uh, u- using a modern codex. So I think that will be also nice to see more kind of. We like Vivian Mansour. Uh-huh. We like uh, Malpica, Tonio Malpica. It's a great author from Mexico. Um, there is this. Well, now I recall the the publishing name Amanuense, which is from Guatemala, who works with local authors mm-hmm. from Guatemala, and uh, I don't know from Spain there are many. Um, Where's the biggest market for these types of books? Is is Spain the healthiest market in terms of the economic churn, or is Argentina a bigger market? Well, Spain has been the the mother market, let's say, yeah. for several years because there were not many publishing companies in the, in Latin America. But through the economic crisis that happened a few years ago, actually, they needed the Latin American market to survive. 
So the boom is happening more in Latin America than yeah. Spain. Mexico. Mexico is huge. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Argentina. Also because of the program they have. No? Right. The Fondo de Cultura Económico, it's a, a state, um, a national owned by the government publishing company that actually uh, has a, an amazing catalog of books and they are very affordable and they are in all public schools. Uh, Chile is very strong too. Argentina definitely is a strong market, in, uh, right. national market, but yeah. also in terms of yeah. exporting. Exporting. Yeah, and actually, yeah, talking about the federal program that Colombia. Chiara mentioned in Mexico, other countries are actually... Um, emulating that particular experience, that program in their countries. So basically they provide books for free, a collection of literature for classroom libraries. So that program is also in Guatemala. There is um, another one in Colombia. So that it's a, a key driver of the industry in, in Latin America. So basically they choose, what, they, what it happens is every year the government has a budget and they select the books that actually are uh, according to the curriculum on their needs. Once they choose, they make a deal with the publishing companies to make the, the book cheaper and more, I don't know, we need, let's say, 8,000 copies or 10,000, mm -hmm. I don't know, I can't remember now exactly the numbers. And so these publishing companies actually, uh, well, not survive, but no, they get this... Yeah, it's important. It's, it's important an incentive, for incentive for to them continue to, publishing. Yeah. And that is happening in Argentina, it's happening in Chile, it's happening in Guatemala, it's happening right. uh, in, Mexico, in Mexico, definitely. And it's fascinating to see the collections that classroom libraries have in, in these countries because they have the best of the best. And actually there is a board that selects the books that go to the collection. So, and it's, it's mm -hmm. actually renewed every year. Mm -hmm. So you don't see this old, uh, sad <laughs> classroom yeah. library. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> and, and there's nothing worse than a sad library. Yeah. I mean, have, uh, libraries are like gardens. Yes, and maybe the librarian doesn't even let you right. touch because they're too new to touch, <laughs> not sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there a book, and this can be outside of the world of children's books at this point, but is there a book that you've recommended to people, or what book have you recommended the most to people? Oh, um, I have recommended uh, the the Black Book of Colors. This is one of my favorite books. It's a picture book. Um, uh, it was written and illustrated by two Venezuelan women, Menena Cotin and uh, Rosana um, Faria. And that book basically tells the story of a blind kid that um, experiences the colors through his sense. So the, 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 the book is actually, all the pages in the book are black. And it is printing um, using uh, raised lines and images. So those images basically invite the reader to, to touch uh, the book. So I, that, that's one of my favorites. And I think um, it's a favorite of many people, <laughs> too. And when I show it to people, they are like, wow, this is amazing. It's a, a piece of art. You know, and children, you can see how they touch it. And they say, why, why is so black, the book? And, well, I tell them the story and they really fall in love in, with this book. 
the intent of the illustration and color choices and is so, it's like, I don't know if it's more important or it's definitely as important as the words that are in the book, you know, for getting, right. getting a, capturing a kid's imagination. Yeah, and actually and, I forgot to mention that book also has Braille. Oh, so hmm. it has obviously the story there, uh, you know, written, but also Braille and with the beautiful illustrations. Yeah, yeah the... the um, there is some kind of activism when we curate the catalog because we know that uh, sometimes here in the U.S. The, the, the gatekeepers of the books tend to discharge books that are maybe a bit uh, make readers uncomfortable. Not the readers, actually, usually the parents because there are some uh, naked illustrations or um, there are words that maybe sound... Uh, weird to them or the, the the end of the story is not a happy end and we try to we, li we believe that children are intelligent and they shouldn't if there is hope in the book there is always that we can talk about or they can read about everything no it depends how you tell them or how you share that information so we 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 don't um, censor the books we think uh, they, we believe that children need to be uh, aware of things that are happening to sure. better understand the world. So we have books that uh, talk about um, uh, special needs, that talk about war, that talk about being a refugee, and books are a great, or even books are a great delivery device for those challenging things. Exactly. It gives, makes it easy for the parent to kind of let the idea seep into the child, and then it gives them a moment to try to figure out how they're going to explain it. Mm -hmm. So books are a great delivery device for that, those types of things right. that you're talking about. And, and the we have a, a collection of four books that are from a publishing, an independent publishing from Spain, which is called Media Vaca, Half Cow, that would be the translation. And they have four books that were published in Spain in the 70s, and uh, now they republish because unfortunately the situation hasn't changed that much. And one is um, um, Como es la democracia, how is a democracy, what is a dictatorship. The other one is oh, uh, Mujeres y Hombres, so you know, the difference between women and men. And the fourth one is... Clases sociales. Clases sociales, so social, social that, uh, class. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they are, it's, and they, they actually, it's a picture book with uh, not many words, but you definitely get the concept. Yeah. Those are the best ones. Like even in acting, like they say, the, the actor that can convey the emotion without any words is that you remember that more than you remember mm -hmm. the words. Yeah. Um, so, when, yeah, when we talk about bringing books that are culturally relevant, um, yeah, it has to do with what Kiara just said. Basically, we want to, our children to, be, to see that they are represented in the books that we bring. It's very so important. that's why we don't censor the books that we bring. Um, we, you know, our books, you know, they are in different formats. They talk about different perspectives. So at the end, you will find families here in the United States that are from different countries in Latin America and Spain. And, you know, you have to expose your children to to those types of books. Definitely. They are. Yeah. And every parent has an opinion. So you have to. It's an interesting thing. But no, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of uh, letting the books do the heavy lifting on difficult concepts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> use them a lot. It's right, a great yeah, tool. Yeah, like well, a... right now, even uh, my, dad, my son is four and he's like, comes home and he's like, 
you know, even new words. So what is this word? Or, you know, what, <laughs> yeah. why does, why do people do that? Or, you know, like the, the weirdest conversation that I had with him was almost last year. He's like, he was so innocent and he says hi to everybody. And he came home and he said, dad, how come people don't say hi back to me sometimes? And in my head, I was thinking, well, you know, there's assholes. <laughs> it's just, just <laughs> yeah. the way the world is. But like, you want to, you don't want to ruin that innocence, yes, you know? Right. And I was like, I wish there was a book that explained why, why don't people say hi? And, you know, so that's just, it was one of those examples of like, maybe one day he'll be able to learn a life lesson from right. a book that we can then discuss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and especially at this time, you know, when you turn on the radio and you listen to the radio, particularly the news, you know, you, you, you listen to all these stories, news about um, areas, countries with, where there is a political conflict, you know. So how do you talk to your children about it? They start asking questions. Why is this happening in Syria or why is this happening in Iraq? Yeah. Uh, you know, how do you tell them what's going on? It you is know? crazy. Politics is something time. complex. and. Yeah. It's a very a huge topic, and yeah, you need to you know find um, books that actually help you with that part a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna end on a light note. I ask everybody this, um, so I'll hear it two forms. What is your ideal meal? My ideal meal is brunch, a brunch. So where I can eat salty, sweet, um, my tea. Um, it could last long. <laughs> no agenda. No agenda, yes. For me, it's actually breakfast. That, as you said, eating alone in the morning, my coffee, uh, maybe a uh, slice book. of bread, <laughs> a book, exactly. A book. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, some weekends I like to get up earlier yeah, than my children and husband because I like to enjoy that. It's very quiet, you know. Peace. Yeah, peace. The quiet time. And a coffee, is which essential. is amazing. <laughs> Kiara, Selene, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for the invitation. Thank you. I'm Vic Singh, and you've been listening to Book Stories. Book Stories is produced by Alternate Thursdays in Los Angeles. 